Hello, welcome to another drive-in double feature. I'm Ryan. I'm Nathan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two Sylvester Stallone movies every Tuesday <laughs> and Thursday for this month. Um, but before I get into anything, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash drive-in double feature podcast. It's just a fun little area where Nathan and I play some games, have some fun conversations, doing some trivia, just keeping it nice and fun as extra content for you patrons out there as a thank you. At, and if you choose not to support us, it does not affect any regular content. But continuing our Sylvester Stallone month, we are talking about 1981's Nighthawks, directed by Bruce Malmuth. And this movie is uh, probably one of the bigger action movies after probably one of the first bigger action movies after Sylvester Stallone's like big hit. I mean, at this point, Sylvester Stallone has done two Rocky movies. Mm -hmm. So he's got two, two hits on his hands, not a full franchise at this point, but it's getting there. And he's a, he's a star I will say, but he hasn't had his uh, next big hit. So he's kind of a, He's a star at this point, not a superstar. Yeah. He's finding his footing, right? Because they, a movie that we don't didn't get to cover, maybe eventually Paradise Alley, I think was supposed to be a really big follow up to Rocky. And that movie was a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he did another movie called Punk as well. Yeah. And this one is about five years after the original Rocky movie. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, so, you know, he does, he is a well-known name at this point, but hasn't quite gotten that superstardom yet. And, you know, I think this one, I mean, this one, this movie is a little different because apparently like this one was originally supposed to be French Connection 3. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh, wow, holy crap. <laughs> but when I read that, I when I watched the movie, I was like, okay, I can, I can kind of oh, see yeah. that. Yeah, because when going into this, I felt like maybe I was going to compare it to Sylvester Stallone's later action movies. But no, this is more of like a cop procedural movie in a way. Yeah, it's definitely not like your bang, bang, shoot him up type of movie that you're used to yeah. seeing him in. It's it's a very like, uh, I, you know, it's a very subtle type of mm-hmm. action movie. I mean, it just kind of it gets into that thinking mindset. I mean, Rutger Hauer plays a... Uh, international terrorist mm-hmm. and Sylvester Stallone kind of plays a beat cop that gets assigned to a new terrorism division within mm-hmm. uh, New York city. And uh, this movie uh, at the time was not a great success. I mean, but I guess like beforehand, what I should talk about is Rocky and like how he got to this point is that mm-hmm. um, one thing you have to know about Sylvester Stallone is that, I think one reason why he got so popular is that he created his own opportunities. Yes. Um, He hadn't gotten the opportunities that he was looking for. Like the big roles were not coming in. So he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to make my own movie. And what he did is he created uh, the movie Rocky. Um, Nothing more that you or I can't say about the movie itself. I mean, it's pretty much like, I mean, what well, it's like one of the greatest sports movies of all time. It's yeah, on like the, the AFI if, 100 list. It's, yeah, if not one of the greatest movies of all time. Easily in the conversation of like one of the biggest American movies ever made. So yeah. um, it, 
just did a whole lot for his career. Um, studio executives did not want him in that role at all. And yeah. so much so that Sylvester Stallone wrote the script for that movie and pretty much said, if they don't cast me in this movie, it's like, I will take this, I'll take the script to my grade and nobody will ever do it. So <laughs> um, yeah. he, uh, he made, he took a really big chance for on himself and he paid off. And I think though, and we'll get into the production of this movie. I think that is maybe the movie's downfall a little bit, not to say that ruins the quality of the movie, but I think one reason why this movie is kind of like a movie that not many people have seen is that from what I was reading that Sylvester Stallone really took it upon himself to like try to make it really great. And I think to almost it's, it, it, it hindered the quality of the movie just a little bit. Yeah. He, he, it, you know, it's one of those things when you become an actor in Hollywood and you start to become a little too big, you start to take over the movies. You forget that there's a director, everything. It slowly becomes your movie because this movie is marred with so like you read the story of this movie. It sounds like the story of a really awful movie with so many issues. It's a wonder. I really like this movie. It's a wonder how good it came out. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this movie as well. Um, yeah. I I do think, though, it could have been a lot. I mean, as much as I did like it, I, I, I still think that they have, it still has room well, to grow, too. I wish. So I was doing some digging on this one because a lot was cut from this movie. There mm -hmm. is a director's cut floating around that nobody is able to get a hold of. Shout Factory, who did the Blu-ray release of it, said they tried to find the director's cut. They could not find it, which is really sad because I would love to see that because there's supposed to be just more character development and stuff like that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, how the story goes, like I said, it, it's it's a movie where Sylvester Stallone's playing a cop and he's trying to track down the uh, terrorist character that played by Rutger Hauer, uh, Wolfgar. Mm -hmm. uh, and the story goes at the time that originally this movie clocked in at two and a half hours. No way. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an hour and a half long movie and uh, that's one. I mean, I, I would, I don't know about like an extra hour of this movie, but I could eat, I could understand. I could, I think an extra 30 minutes would have been yeah. good too. I think it um, works well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe only like a little bit extra. Cause like, there's like, they talked about like um, Billy D. Williams is supposed to be a much bigger character in that movie. And I actually didn't love Billy D. Williams in this movie. So maybe that was a good choice to cut him down. But another thing, Sylvester Stallone has like an ex-wife who only makes like a cameo in the movie that could have been developed a little more. So maybe just pick and choose. It could have been messy, but they just got scared and cut everything out. Yeah. So the story goes at the time and <laughs> Another recurring theme is that it's apparently this resulted in a feud between Sylvester Stallone and Rutger Hauer for, for <laughs> oh my a couple God. of years. They they made amends. Though. Good, they good, did good. Make amend, they did make amends. Uh, but a lot of it had to do with, so uh, the first cut of this movie is that there was a lot of scenes with Wolfgar in this movie, and he was had a lot of uh, great acting moments and the people that did see a lot of those scenes are just like oh my god like this like Rutger Hauer is turning in like an Oscar worthy mm. performance almost and yeah. apparently that made Sylvester Stallone a little jealous oh and, Lord, yeah <laughs> and he cut out a lot of the uh a lot of that movie a lot of those scenes like that because 
after the movie was turned into editing, he got his hands on the editing and he he edited out a lot of that type of stuff because he didn't want the character to outshine his character in the movie. Because isn't and, the story that Sylvester Stallone basically took control of this movie? Because originally it was directed by Gary Nelson, who made Freaky Friday and The Black Hole. Another director comes in and then Sylvester Stallone just kind of takes over the movie from that guy. So I... I, there was there was a couple of accounts that I read for this movie um, where we haven't really talked about it before, but you know there's there have been times where there's one director's name on the title of a movie, but it technically like they didn't actually direct it or like yeah. they didn't want it to be known. So I think one very famous example of this is the movie uh, Poltergeist, which yeah. does have it. You know, it it's credited as a Toby Hooper directed movie, but if you ask almost anybody on the set of that movie, it's Steven Spielberg directed that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest and, one, right? And then I think the other one is probably, I think Tombstone was another really big one. Really, it was yeah, George P. Uh, Cosmatos. Um, his name is on the title, but again almost everybody says Kurt Russell directed that movie, <laughs> which that, that makes sense. Okay. And so that's, so I think from, I was reading some accounts is that, uh, so Gary Nelson was originally on this movie. He was, he left the movie at some point and in between Sylvester Stallone kind of took over and shot like a couple of scenes and, that's a violation of the director's guild um, yeah. at the time. So that was a violation where I forget what the exact wording of it is, but yeah. Anyone signed to work on a movie before the director was engaged, cannot replace a fired director except in an emergency. That's, that's the wording on that. Right. So if you look at Bruce's Malmuth's, filmography up to that time he really didn't have much no. of filmography like it was almost non-existent i mean he directed like an after school special <laughs> i yeah. think was like his his big thing at the time so i kind of feel like th this movie was directed by sylvester stallone mm -hmm. and that it was pretty much bruce malmuth's name was kind of put up there as a placeholder yeah because it's like oh well i can kind of mold it and that's one of the cast members of this movie pretty much stated as such is like, Oh yeah, Sylvester Sloan did a great job directing that movie. I think it was, I think it was his the character that played his wife, Lindsay Wagner. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, and that, there it goes, like just the already, bef like just, it's already a mess of a movie. Um, I also I saw a funny story that Rutger Hauer it's not really funny but Rutger Hauer first day of filming got hurt on set he got hurt by squibs I guess that like just uh, were were set off wrong and like burnt mm -hmm. him just a whole yeah. lot of crap and another one of the big reasons and another reason why him and Sylvester Stallone didn't get along is that Sylvester Stallone. So there, there is a big shootout at the end of the movie where Rutger mm -hmm. Hauer's character gets shot up, and there's a scene where he kind of gets yanked back, and it's supposed to show like it's he's getting like hit hit by the force of the gun. Mm -hmm. So apparently, what what happened was is that he was connected to a cable, and it was supposed to pull him back, 
but he mm. was supposed to be given a warning at the time. And Sylvester Sloan said, don't give him a warning. And then they just, they pulled him back and he ended up hurting himself. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he would, did not appreciate that at all. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't even so, imagine. So that's, that was a big thing, but, uh, I think the most important fact about this movie, though, Nathan, is that did you know this is a Christmas movie, technically? <laughs> yes, the most important fact. Yeah, it is. I, I noticed that because we do have dates around. It's a New Year's movie, too, right? Yeah, but the, it's, the, the, the movie starts with Wolfgard going to a Christmas party. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, this is this beats Die Hard now. I really, I really think it's come in as my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, it, you always watch this movie and On Her Majesty's Secret Service every yeah. Christmas. I don't know why my family gets so so upset when I'm like, we gotta watch Nighthawks. Turn off <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> a Christmas story. <laughs> Do you they mean On so... Her Majesty's Secret Service? Right. Yeah. My dad would probably be excited for that, but. Um, <laughs> But no, I, uh, it, I, I I always like pointing out that kind of funny stuff. But um, mm-hmm. it uh, but getting into the actual movie, um, yeah. So like I said, it's anti-terrorist movie um, where they're trying to figure out where uh, Rutger Hauer's character is. I mean, he kind of plays like a ruthless killer in the first half. He's exploded a building. There was a kid um, in there. And, yeah, there was a kid in there, and it. He now has to go on the run because his contact, his point of contact, he ends up killing in yep. the movie. And his point of contact has a picture of himself. So Rutger Howard's like, he'll get some plastic surgery. Yeah, the classic pl- plastic surgery. I really liked his look pre-plastic surgery. He's got like the beard. Everyone has beards in this movie. This is, Sylvester Stallone has an awesome beard. But um, mm-hmm. I love that he gets plastic surgery to look like himself. It's like, oh yeah, hey, it's Rutger Hauer. He's in this movie now, blue eyes and everything. Was um, that a different actor in the first half, or was that? Is I, it? I don't know. Because I don't know. It might. It, it may not be, but I or it could. But if they did, that was pretty good makeup. I'll yeah, say if, yeah. if that is him. I don't um, think it. I don't think it is someone else. I don't think so either. Because on the cast credits, it says Wolfgar slash Eric. Right, and that was Eric was the name he would he told like that one girl. I think okay. Then I don't know. I mean, whatever they did, it was good. And Rutger Hauer, like you said, he really does like he sells this movie. He's an amazing villain. No wonder he would get like Blade Runner right after this. Like doing something like this is crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, he's he I. It's so disappointing. That's why I was saying, like, I as much as I liked him in this movie before, it's like I feel like I could have liked him even more so mm-hmm. had I had I seen those uh, scenes that didn't come to light of day. And uh, I do like the they give him like these really like funny characteristics. They're like, oh yeah, uh, you know, he loves women and he loves the party and he like <laughs> he, he loves this this terrorist loves disco. Yeah, that that's like his downfall. <laughs> it's his love of disco, which is such a funny weakness. I I, I like it because it's like adds a little quirkiness to this guy, I guess. Oh, this terrorist is a little quirky because he's a pretty evil guy. Like this this man is evil, and you can really tell it. He looks like a normal guy, but just will do it. Go to any links, he'll kill anybody for his like views. 
but then he goes to parties and he just is addicted to women like he he has his vices too he doesn't just think about blowing crap up it's interesting yeah that's like his mo they said is that he'll shack up with a woman and he'll just live in her apartment (laughs) and uh and then he'll go to nightclubs and it's like He's such a regular, though. Like everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I recognize that guy." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a ho- this man just got plastic surgery, <laughs> and he's not trying his best to like blend in and hide. He's the life of the party. Well, that plastic surgery doesn't stop Sylvester Stallone. I, no. I tell you, he knows. Um, he knows. Um, and what and what an introduction for Sylvester Stallone for this movie. Like, yeah. See, <laughs> not only does he <laughs> does our villain have a weird thing. Our hero does. Uh, he likes dressing up as a woman and pretending, like basically entrapping criminals to do crimes, which is totally not okay. You can't do that. It, it's a weird character. I mean, I mean, they deserved it, but you of know, course, it like, but it is weird that he's just walking around New York City with like, because when I was watching this movie. At first, like, with, I mean, I figured it out probably, you know, after looking at him and drag for a couple of seconds. But at first, I was like, "What is wrong? What's what's going on with her face?" Like, Man, this lady's looking wild. <laughs> but but then you know, it's like he has a mask on and everything, yeah. and he wears drag, and then he wears drag again later in this movie. And I, yeah. I, he does it more than once. <laughs> I'll I'll say that he does it in the climax of the movie, and when they do it in that scene, I'm like, it, that's him in drag. Like, I, oh I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. That that time it was noticeable, especially because Sylvester Stallone. Like when I said he has a beard, he's like got long hair, a beard. This he's a hairy guy in this movie. He stands out. I like his look though in this movie. I, I thought too. He, looked, he looks like a guy that you know he's obsessed with his job so much that he just doesn't even like take care of himself. Exactly, and that's the whole role. His role is is an, uh, an obsessed cop, which I mean, I guess is kind of brought over from French Connection. Um, and he has a partner played by Billy D. Williams, who I love this fact that in French Connection three, that was supposed to be Richard Pryor in that role, Richard Pryor and Gene Hackman. Just like in Superman. What a duo. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a duo. That would have yeah. been something. I would have been I, interesting. You know, I you know, as much as I did like this movie, I was like, yeah, I I never saw French Connection 2, but I was neither, like, man, neither, I, right. I think I would have liked this French Connection 3, though. I know. It actually did get me interested in watching the second French Connection. I was like, maybe it's actually good because I, I do love the first one. Um, but Anyway, I mean, maybe that's why I like this movie. Is it definitely feels like like we talked about a harder edged movie. Um, and but yeah, Sylvester Stallone is just hard and copped, obsessed. He, you know, he lost his wife, man. He lost his wife to the job. He's too obsessed with it. But his whole thing is is that he doesn't like killing. He feels like as a cop, he should never kill anybody. But for whatever reason, they don't really explain this. I wonder if I got to explain a bit better they get picked him and billy d williams they get picked to just be counter terrorists in new york i guess it's just their great track record well they yeah because they said that they were um since they were b cops Mm -hmm. they uh and undercover like they pretty much knew like the seedy underbelly of the city so they they wanted guys that were that knew the knew the city like the back of their hand so yeah uh, and uh that's why they were picked well, I love the scene where they get orders to become the to get added to the. Te- they're like, 
doing their usual thing of faking being people to like you know to to get criminals and then the cop car pulls up and they get so pissed They're like what yeah. the hell are you doing out here get the hell <laughs> what do you think you're doing giving us orders you ruined everything i know I, that was a good scene too or like yeah. when the when the chief is telling them that they've been assigned to this terrorist organization yeah um uh so one thing though i mean so wolfgar though i mean he is causing uh terror in new york city i mean not only is he killing he's killed innocent people and women mm-hmm. um, he's already blown up at least one building in new york yes um, yeah. and the in hindsight the thing this movie one of the reasons why this movie flopped is that uh apparently nobody thought urban terrorism was going to be a thing or like a, a big deal like they were just like yeah. like that would never happen nobody would ever blow up a building or do destroy yeah. a building like that like and you know you know what happens it's one of those movies that i think with like hindsight 20 years later yeah exactly years later some you know like not not only like in new york but like in other places too and like it's one of those movies in hindsight it's like oh i guess it was ahead of its time something i didn't think about while watching of course because you know i have my modern perspective this is something that happens but you know you got to put yourself in the mindset of 81 that people weren't going around blowing (laughs) many buildings up no yeah and i i i mean it was going on in other countries certainly but it just it wasn't a thing in america also like people like going around and just doing random acts of terrorism or like Mm -hmm. having our basically like our whole country being affected by an act of terrorism and it's just so surprising to me because like i I would think that'd make him even more scary is the idea of like someone could do this but i guess it was just that far-fetched of an idea yeah i guess so i mean i it but to me i it's sad. I mean, like, well, you know, like you're an eye time. It's like, I, you know, we grew up during that time period when all this mm-hmm. stuff was happening. So it's like, like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I remember when all that stuff happened. So it doesn't, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not that far fetched of an idea. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess that's what helps his role. And I mean, like I said, it's good. Sylvester Stallone is on the hunt for this man obsessed with him. But he, he has to go through that training session to learn how to be a, like a counter-terrorist. And um, God, he he can't handle it. I, I, I love that he that him and Billy D. Williams just like slack off in the back. They're like, Where, when do we get the freaking guns? <laughs> Are we just going to go shoot this guy? Um, yeah, and- that's what they they pretty much said i mean the whole reason why they were doing that because the the guy they get um and they're the the british intelligence guy he would he'd come in and he was giving them all the intel about mm-hmm. wolfgar and it's like why we've been over this so many times and you know <laughs> yeah and it's like, it was like we're gonna keep going in until you don't have to like until it's second nature exactly i actually really like these scenes because they look i do too yeah they're like yeah they have like projections on the wall of his face and they're like really learning it i don't know i feel like 10 years later in the 90s uh, a sylvester stallone movie on this same topic would be played completely differently what i like is um 
it, you could see like you could see their clothes changing so it's like they've been in there for days maybe weeks mm-hmm. like they've been they've been taking these courses about this guy yeah and uh i just i think about like you know if this was made you know maybe even 10 years later they would just do like this big ep- exposition dump it's like okay here's the terrorist this this is what he wants to do go out go out in the field right now like type yeah. of thing so exactly. it would be this one it really it it takes its time with that. And I, I really appreciated that, which is actually, you know, like that's one of the reasons why this movie was edited so heavily though, is that they said the movie was actually moving too slow. And the gotcha. studio was, was, was wanting like a big bang, bang, shoot em up movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, they, and uh, they, they weren't, they weren't getting that, which is interesting. No, but I do, I will say though, like once they, get out of these classroom i mean it does this movie does kind of go at like a full pace it does yeah because i mean they do find rucker hour or sorry um uh, wolfgar really fast they 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 figure him out pretty quickly after just looking around and everything um and there's a really great subway chase scene of course this is dirty old new york new york is a character blah 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 but who lo- <laughs> i love it i love the look of it just them running around this nasty subway and Billy D. Williams gets his mouth cut. I really like that scene where Wolfgar has is hiding around the corner, has his knife sticking out by, behind the wall. So when Billy D. Williams, you know, he runs forward, he just like slices his the side of his mouth. And I was like, oh, that's actually I don't know. I've never seen that in a movie. Yeah, but that's like Billy D. Williams big moment. I mean, yeah, you know. He, you know, we all know Billy D. Williams from Batman, no other movies. So. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe they screwed him over in those movies. His only so, movie. Uh, I mean, I do like Billy D. Williams. He's talented. I do think, one. I, I do agree with you what you said earlier. I do think he's extremely underutilized in this movie. I mean, he's yeah. pretty much just a sidekick. I hate to say that, but I mean, no. it doesn't other than he's just kind of like offering support to Sylvester Stallone. I mean, compared a few years later to like Lethal Weapon, you know, another buddy cop movie, like it, you want something like that, like a buddy, like some, like that's my partner right there. But he kind of, it's, it's Sylvester Stallone's movie and and then Billy D is just kind of hanging out because even, even Wolfgar, you know, Billy D tries his best to be like, I'll come up there and I'll, you know, because he's has people hostage and he's like, I'm going to help you. And then Wolfgar's like, no, 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 I, I want Sylvester Stallone. I don't want you. You know, it, it's a uh, it, it's definitely geared towards Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And uh, they there is a really um, impressive stunt shot later where it's like Sylvester Stallone, like he uh Rutger Hauer ends up holding all these people hostage on a tram car or whatever, mm-hmm. or cable car, excuse me. Yeah. And, and, uh, Sylvester Stallone like ascends up to the cable car with like a, with his own cable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's apparently that was, uh, Sylvester Stallone did his own stunt for this movie. Wow. Regular Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and, no, uh, I mean, that, that I, is really cool. I, I do like though, that one scene though, because, uh, Rudger Hauer like there's a lady with the baby and mm-hmm. the baby's crying and he's like here uh, and that's the other thing too Rudger Hauer's character Wolfgar is a very vain character like he loves calling the news organizations after he's done yeah. something terrible and telling them exactly that it was Wolfgar that did this mm-hmm. and he uh, 
he uh, he gives Sylvester Stallone the baby with a mm-hmm. note that uh, explaining like that it was him. He's like, you could drop the child, but don't drop this note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, I also like that he hands the baby over because not because he doesn't want to kill a baby. It's literally because oh, I don't want him. To, I don't want the news to call me a cold-hearted killer. So we're gonna we're gonna save this baby. So I, I like how he plays that. Um, now that whole scene is really good um, because it really shows that that character Wolfgar is really is actually really smart because the whole scene leading up to it, Sylvester Stallone and all the cops think they have him. They they are they have the building locked down, ready to get him, and then Wolfgar just completely one eighties it and is able to kidnap somebody from the UN. That's the whole idea. Is to kill a bunch of people from the UN in order to uh, cause a scene. Yeah. And he ends up showing his true intentions by uh, his, one of his demands is he wants a bunch of te- other like known terrorists to be freed from prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was just really good. I mean, and I guess leading up to the climax was uh, he does Wolfgard does eventually find out who Sylvester Sloan's like ex-wife is. Mm-hmm. and uh he he goes there and you think like he's gonna sneak up on her um mm-hmm. and you just see like somebody with long hair and then surprise it's sylvester sloan and drag again oh, God. and it's kind of a bad shot honestly of him flipping around in this horrible fake hair waving it's like i i don't i don't yeah. think it works too well i i love that he does it again but uh, i actually think the ending as a whole is kind of weak and i think that's because they cut it i could tell they cut it this is one of the few times where i feel like the movie was cut because you know wolfgar he doesn't get his demands met the cops try to murder him and then it kind of almost just straight cuts to the ending of the movie of him trying to get his ex-wife and i'm like i don't know it's too much of a jump there needed to be some kind of connecting thing there the very last 10 to 15 minutes feel very rushed it, yes yeah it, it like they're like all right let's just get to the ending and um again there was a lot of editing so like i said sylvester stallone turned in his own cut where after taking out some of rudger Hauer's scenes uh it was um there was uh sylvester stallone had put in some of his own scenes where it was like him reconnecting with his ex-wife and they were mm-hmm. having these very emotional scenes because they even mention it and a phone call like, oh, hey, like, you know, I'll take you and we'll have dinner later. And apparently that scene was actually filmed, like them having dinner and really? them, them kind of reconnecting. But again, audiences were saying it was really boring and it tests very low for uh, audiences. So gotcha. the studio, after Sylvester Stallone turned in his cut, the studio came in and said, we're just going to make our own cut to this movie. And they edited it at two bits this is what we ended up getting in the final run which was about a 90 minute movie a lot more faster paced a lot more like human elements like cut out of it and just more emphasis on the action parts of the movie yeah i i am we talked about how much is cut how much was missing and like i said at the beginning i'm surprised how much i enjoyed this movie it sounds like a mess but it actually is a really fun movie really good cop movie um just really interesting you can see that there's good in this like good character good human elements sylvester stallone doing a great job Rutger howard's great i think there's enough good here to keep this movie elevated 
But kind of like you said, knowing all that stuff is missing, you know that a better movie exists out there. Because I know by my modern eyes watching this, if it was slower, I think it could still be a really good movie. Yeah, and unfortunately this movie, it it, it did make a little more than its budget back. So it was, I think it was about a $5 million budget movie and ended up making just under 20 million at That's the good. box office. So it's a modest hit, not, not, not the greatest thing. And, but critically it wasn't that well received at the time. Like I said, for the quote, uh, ridiculous premise or whatever, but <laughs> Yeah. Um, Rutger Hauer does get a lot of praise for this movie, and I think it's very much deserved. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much showing you like this guy is going to be one of the a, a a great actor coming up in the time, and he yeah. does prove that even later with Blade Runner, which is like his big star making performance. And mm-hmm. um, so Sylvester Stallone still on the hunt right now for that next big role. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, Nighthawks was not with the, what he wanted it to be. I, even Sylvester Stallone said he regrets the movie a little bit. Not that really? he hates the movie, not that he hates it, but just that it could have been a lot better. And he even said that due to his own, and like I said earlier, like due to his own attitude on the set, that was one of his biggest regrets is how he acted on the set. That like he felt like he had since he made a name for himself by taking his career into his own hands and taking more of a hands-on role in the movies. That was kind of like his attitude. Like the only way I can make this movie successful is if I, you know, take the reins of this movie. And he said that he wished he didn't do that. Yeah. That, that kind of like killed it a little. Yeah. I totally get that. Well, lessons learned. I'm sure he learned his lesson and he would continue not to take control of movies or get his own three picture deal or anything like that. We'll Never made a bad movie again. No, no. And then <laughs> and definitely not a bad Rocky movie, right? Never. Never no. seen one. That's bad. No. <laughs> um but I, if you haven't told then yeah, I, I give this one a uh, a very decent size recommend. Oh yeah. Yeah, check it out. I, I actually think it's a really neat movie. I I, yeah. I I recommend it. Yeah. And check it out. It was a good time. But Nathan, what's gonna be next on the Stallone month? All right, Ryan, we're moving into a big one. We're moving into 1986's Cobra from 1986. Uh, and that is now streaming on Max. Terrific. Can't wait to continue this uh, Stallone love, but uh if you enjoyed this podcast, please email us over at drive and double feature podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at DIDF pod. And once again, check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash drive and double feature podcast. But until next time, until next time. <laughs> <laughs>